Hey there, welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And we are a married couple who like to shoot the shit about movies. That we do. That we do. And today is a very special episode for us personally because it is our two-year wedding anniversary Ah! today. Very exciting. I'm feeling very lovey-dovey today. Yes, yes, yes. To celebrate this wonderful occasion, we are going to be watching a very special movie that both of us have already seen multiple times, uh, but it's very important to us personally, and we'll explain why. Scott, what movie are you watching today? Well, if you looked at the title before clicking on this... Uh, I know. I, you know, I do this every time. This is a total... I ask you every time, Scott, what we're watching today, as if the people who are listening to this don't already know, as if they can't read. But Scott, for the sake of the show, <laughs> what are we watching today? We are watching Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in Fifty First Dates. Yes. And Scott, would you like to explain to the people at home why this movie is particularly important to us. Yes, I can gladly do that. Back in 2005... Ooh, so long ago. Feels like eons. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, dear. (laughs) Back in 2005, both Frankie and I were youngings in love. We were in the eighth grade. I was sitting in Frankie's living room with her, and we had decided to go out, basically, like we were going to start dating. Yeah, we we were friends at the time. You don't tell the story good. I'll tell the story. So I had a big old crush on Scott. My eighth grade self had a big old crush. And we were friends at the time. We had a couple classes together. And we were were buddy old pals. And he walked me home from school. On the day we went into Christmas break, which happened to be literally the day before Christmas Eve, and I'm like, hey, why don't you come inside and hang out for a while, buddy? And he's like, okay, buddy, old pal. And we hung out in my living room watching TV and just chatting and having a grand old time. And the movie we happened to be watching on the TV was Fifty First Dates. And in that little hangout session on that day, I finally got up the courage to tell Scott that I like liked him and he said I like like you too and then voila 16 years later here we are married and going strong how romantic so yeah this movie is particularly important to us because it's the first movie we ever watched together as a couple that is true I hadn't seen this movie in a while. Yeah, it's been a few years since I've caught it. But yes, we thought it would be a really cool, fun idea to revisit this movie on today of all days because it is our two-year wedding anniversary. I still look on it very fondly. Yeah, I do too. It's it's a little problematic at points. There's some uh, pretty typical run-of-the-mill Adam Sandler type comedy and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's very bad (laughs) yeah there are moments in there where you sit there especially with rob schneider yeah rob schneider this is something that i feel like is a rarity to say but rob schneider is actually not the biggest problem in this movie (laughs) no he's not the biggest problem if you took out the fact that he's supposed to be, like, I think a native Hawaiian. Yes, I, th- I believe so. Like, if you took that away, he's not bad. Sharks are like dogs. They only bite when you touch their private parts. Okay. There is some comedy in here that kind of makes you cringe a little bit. However, I do think that the main through line in the movie being Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore's chemistry and their relationship throughout the movie it carries you through well there's a reason that they've done three movies together right well um this would be their second one they've done together the first one was wedding singer yes in the late 90s which was like adam sandler's golden age i would say you know wedding singer happy gilmore Waterboy, all that stuff i would say even to this movie from that point to this movie he was still at a point where you could put Adam Sandler in a movie and you'd be like, it's still box office 
well, relevant. Yeah, but this you could tell this was the beginning of the decline. Like for Adam Sandler, this was right in between um, anger management and Spanglish. So it was in that phase of Adam Sandler where he's like, eh, you know. Yeah. And now he's in the phase where like everything he pumps out is just garbage. <laughs> Unless he works with those guys who do uncut gems which had got like oh yeah reviews. yeah i haven't seen that yet actually but i watched their other movie good time and it was so great that it made me want to watch it good time was so hard to get through so- oh but i loved it oh i liked it i just it, i felt dirty yes <laughs> that's the safety brothers um but this movie was released in 2004 and it was directed by Peter Segal, who directed, as we mentioned before, Anger Management. Also other Adam Sandler movies and SNL movies. He directed The Longest Yard. Okay. The, the Adam Sandler version. And Tommy Boy. Both very fun movies. Uh, I actually enjoy the remake of The Longest Yard better than the original of The Longest Yard. It was written by a man named George Wing. And it it's weird because his only writing credits are this movie and a movie called Outsourced. Have you ever seen that? No. It's, a, a, I think, a rom-com. I saw it years ago, but it's a rom-com, essentially, about, a, a I think, an American guy falling in love with an Indian girl that works at a call center. I'm pretty sure that's what the general premise of the movie is. But <laughs> there were allegedly uncredited rewrites by several people, including Adam Sandler, to this movie. It's reported that he changed a lot of the script from like a more dramatic thing and brought more comedy to it and it's also reported that originally the movie was set to be in Seattle but Adam Sandler was like I want to go on vacation to Hawaii let's set it in Hawaii (laughs) yeah that's become a Sandler staple now which I mean if you can get away with that why wouldn't you you know what I mean well of course if I could have a career where I can make movies on vacation with all my friends. Yeah. Right, exactly. Another interesting fact I found out about this movie while doing my research. Research. There have been three international remakes of this movie. There's a Turkish remake in 2017, also a Japanese remake in 2017, and then there was a Mexican remake in 2019. Interesting. Uh, I kind of well, want to find those and watch them. Well, it's a cute idea. It definitely is. Uh, if For those of you that don't know, the basic premise of the movie is guy is man whore, guy falls in love with girl, but girl has brain damage and she has a 24-hour memory loop. Like, she can't make any new memories. It's just him trying to help her deal with her medical issue and also falling in love with her and she's falling in love with him it's very cute it is cute yeah and again sandler and barrymore have chemistry right so that's what makes this work absolutely i mean we talked about that not that long ago i think i funnily enough we talked about this when we talked about birdemic i think where in rom-coms and romantic movies in general it really just doesn't work if you don't have that chemistry between the main leads because then the whole purpose of the movie is the relationship. And if you don't root for the relationship, then what the hell is the point? There are other relationships like Sandler's had in other movies that I've never bought into. Like when he's in Grown Ups with Selma Hayek, I just don't buy them as a couple. That you can get away with a little bit more because the whole point of that movie isn't the romance between them two. Although I get what you're saying for sure. The thing I think of off the top of my head is just go with it which was a romantic comedy between him and jennifer aniston it just didn't click at all and the movie was so boring like i couldn't even tell you what the movie was about i just remember it was a rom-com with him and jennifer aniston well they can they got another one the two of them what Uh, who uh, where jennifer aniston and sandler where uh, when the murder mystery new is a it's a netflix one it's like oh it's an it's that newer one that he came out with yeah like a couple years oh, I ago i don't know i didn't watch that it's getting a sequel on netflix too of course it is because why not just give sandler all of the money <laughs> who cares but drew barrymore and adam sandler do definitely have chemistry like we said they've had three movies together we mentioned wedding singer this one and blended which i never saw blended no i never saw blended too because but blended i heard got it was, ripped apart. yeah i heard that was not great but 
this is good and Wedding Singer is obviously amazing. If you haven't seen that, it's fucking great. So are we ready to get into the nitty gritty here? Yes, let's get into the nitty gritty. This is a lovey dovey episode, guys. Uh. <laughs> Strap in. So we open up by meeting our main character, Henry Roth, played by Adam Sandler. Don't we open up more with every woman being like, yo, this guy is a great fuck. Oh my god, it's so obvious <laughs> that he had a hand in writing this movie, Adam Sandler, because the whole opening sequence is like five minutes long, and it's just a string of random women talking about how great a lay Adam Sandler is. <laughs> and it's like, all right, could you make it a little more obvious? But essentially, the whole purpose of it is to establish that Henry Roth, our main character, is a man-whore. He has a reputation of betting random attractive tourists because he can basically love them and leave them and go on his merry way. And we learn that he is a veterinarian at a aquarium park and... We meet his assistant, Alexa, played by Lucia Struess. I think I'm saying that right. This is one of the sources of quote-unquote comedy in this movie that's a little questionable. Oh, it's, it's definitely questionable. It's extremely dated. The whole joke is that she's androgynous. Also yeah, that she, she's bisexual. Right. She's a very butch-looking woman. And her name is Alex, so is it Alex or Alexa? Like, it's weird. I don't know. It's it's weird, and they just constantly reference it for yucks, but there are no yucks to be had. Uh, and then we meet Henry's BFF, Ula, Rob Schneider's character. He's just a, a fat, weed-smoking Hawaiian... He's got one fake eye. Yeah, Rob Schneider's role in any Adam Sandler movie is should just be like the freakazoid character, like the weirdo, and that's fine. Yeah. Do you? But well, yeah, you look. It's at- like not that funny. Well, there are times it is really funny, like when you go back to like Waterboy. You can do it. You can do it all night long. Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he can be funny. He has the ability, but in this, it's like hit or miss. I think. Oh yeah, there's definitely there's definitely moments where you're like, oh, that was really funny, and then there's moments where you're like, oh, that's the animal level jokes there. But uh, we also meet a couple of animal friends. Oh yes, we meet Willie the penguin and Jocko the walrus. Jocko steals this movie Jocko's a superstar yeah he has a little puke joke in the beginning of the movie and it's like it's like one of those things where it's like ha 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 puke equals funny but like it's fine cute walrus so it's it's okay we have to have something for when you brought the kids on your valentine's day date because you couldn't leave them at home <laughs> so henry is uh a big animal lover obviously we see that he has a sailboat and he's like, I'm preparing to go on this big expedition to Alaska to research walruses and la di da di da. And then his boat breaks down, wah wah wah, and he has to go to a local cafe to wait for the coast guard. And while he's there, he sees the most beautiful woman. We yeah. get our our meet cute yes. of the movie. He meets Lucy, played by Drew Barrymore. This was filmed right in between Charlie's Angels Full Throttle and Fever Pitch, which was a rom-com she did with Jimmy Fallon. Oh. So it was like at a point in her career as well. And now she has her own daytime talk show because when in doubt, just give them a daytime talk show. If you have any former celebrity and you can speak decently, you get a daytime <laughs> talk show. She is super cute in this movie. Like I said, the thing that this movie does the best is develop the chemistry between Lucy and Henry. Yeah, they definitely have chemistry. She's making like a waffle house. Oh, yes. the In the diner, she has a plate of waffles and she's building like a little house out <laughs> of the waffles. Yeah, and he goes over and sticks a toothpick in her waffles to make a door. And they get into a nice, like, cute conversation. Yes, they clearly hit it off. They're flirty as fuck. It's very, very cute. Lucy says to Henry, why don't you come back tomorrow and have breakfast with me again? 
And Henry's like, okay. And then they go to their separate cars. And this is like a really cute moment. They have a big van in between them. And they're both standing by their respective cars. And they're like, oh my God, he's so cute. And they start dancing. (laughs) And then the van pulls away. And they each catch each other dancing. It was very cute. Yes. There's a lot of cutesy moments in this. And it's great because it overshadows the more questionable haha you're different so you're funny and I can make fun of you type humor but their chemistry is so good in this movie in fact that it won an MTV movie award and a people's choice award for best chemistry and they were nominated with such pairs as Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in Bad Boys 2 Okay, sorry. Keep going. Uh, Johnny Depp and Orlando Bloom in the Pirates movie. Uh, Kate Winslet and Jim Carrey in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2. So they beat out all of those power couples. <laughs> I can't get over Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Hey, that's that's a bromance made in heaven, all right? It, it, well, yes, it is. Bad boys, bad boys. What, what you gonna, gonna do? What, what you gonna, gonna do when we come for you? And that's the best. And that's next to Miss Nose. Hey, dude, you gotta learn the words. So the next day, Henry goes back to the diner to try and have breakfast with Lucy. And she has absolutely no memory of him whatsoever. And the restaurant owner who is a friend of Lucy's, goes up to Henry and is like, okay, let me just explain to you what's going on. And he's like, is she fucking crazy or something? And she's like, no, no, no. See, a year ago, Lucy and her father got into a car accident and Lucy developed enterograde amnesia, which is just a big fancy word for short-term amnesia. Basically, it just means that she can't remember past that one day a year ago to her every day is that same day so her family and friends go along with reenacting the same day over and over they they switch out the newspaper for her they watch the same things on tv and basically kind of like truman show her life a little bit to make her believe that it's still the same day over and over yeah it's a sad kind of thing it's super sad when you think about it i feel like when i would watch it back in the day like i didn't really think about it that much but like if you really think about it it's very sad it's her father and her brother their lives are in a perpetual state of like stasis like they can't move forward Right, and neither can she. So it's it's really very sad. But the the restaurant owner tells Henry, like, listen, you should just leave her alone because you can't have any real future with her. Bye. But um, Henry doesn't really give up that easily. He continuously goes back to the restaurant and kind of flirts with her a little bit. And they have multiple run-ins, both successful and not successful. Yeah, yeah, because we get our first of a few montages in this where Henry keeps going back and like he tries the waffle thing again and she's like grossed out by that. And as he's doing that, he has a conversation with Ula at one point and he's like, oh, Lucy's the perfect girl for you because you can just love her and leave her and she would never know. And Henry's like, yes, there's one problem with that though. It's evil. (laughs) And he is right. That is a fucked up thing to do and he genuinely likes her it's it's really it's cute it's just cute yeah but then we meet lucy's dad marlin played by blake clark who has been in other adam sandler movies he played that guy in Waterboy that couldn't talk right he was like rah, 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 rah. yes that was him <laughs> yeah he's been in a lot of stuff he is a, he's actually a very good character actor oh yeah for sure he's honestly really good in this he is really good in this I, it's not this isn't like his role in Waterboy where he's like a silly funny character meant for yucks he he's playing this very straight going back to this movie I forgot how sad I am for him because I'm watching this at a different point in our lives. I'm like, right. But he does give a very good performance about a guy basically trying to keep his family together and keep his daughter in one piece. And you got to think that he probably feels incredibly guilty as well because he was driving the car that caused the accident and blah, da, da, da. 
it's just, ugh, it's really, it's interesting watching this again from a different, more mature, I guess, perspective and seeing it from that point of view. At one point, he, he, because it's supposed to be his birthday. Yes, it's supposed to be the dad's birthday on that day that the accident happened. He has her paint him a mural every day and he goes and he takes a picture of the mural before he repaints it over and with white. Yes, because every day they white out the room so she can paint it again the next day, you know. But I just, I thought, I didn't realize that when he would go in the room, he would take a picture of it every day. And I'd be like, oh, because she's his daughter and he loves her artwork and takes, it's just, oh, it's just sweet. It's just so sweet. But while we do have that more straight-laced character in him, in Marlon, we also have our... <laughs> you got something different about you. You're a little quirky and you're funny. I can make fun of you type character in Lucy's brother, Doug, played by Sean Astin. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. I can't fucking believe that. I really can't. This was literally like the year after the Lord of the Rings trilogy ended. Yeah. And he did this. Yeah. <laughs> Pay the bills. He is a buffed out overly tanned juicer oh yeah he's definitely a juicer <laughs> with a lisp because why not give the guy a lisp too why not while you're at it we just see them go through the whole process every night of starting the day over again for lucy essentially yeah one of the things he does he, he has a hundred printed out papers of the paper for that day and he'll put the same paper on the doorstep every night <laughs> But at some point after all these bajillion times of Henry trying to have a little million meat cutes with Lucy, the dad and the brother catch wind and they talk to Henry and they're like, hey, you need to stay away from her. You need to stay away from the diner. And Henry's like, okay, fine. I, you said don't go to the diner. I won't go to the diner. And then he starts coming up with excuses to meet with her outside of the diner on the road like yeah he plays a construction worker yeah. he tries to use the penguin at one point and lucy almost runs over the penguin oh yes which the implications of that like you work for this basically sea world type establishment and you have taken one of their animals outside of the fucking park and brought it to just some random road and put it in mortal danger like if it did get run over you would probably go to prison <laughs> i also kind of think that penguins probably overheated it's hawaii yeah yeah i don't know man uh, the implications <laughs> anyway so marlin and doug eventually find out about henry's little schemes to try and see lucy and they call him over to the house and they're like we need to show you something and Marlon shows Henry Lucy painting in her art studio. And while she's painting in there, she is ever so loudly, ever so beautifully singing. Beautifully. Tone deaf. <laughs> she's singing Wouldn't It Be Nice by the Beach Boys. Wouldn't it be nice if we were older Then we wouldn't have to wait so long And wouldn't it be nice to live Marlon tells Henry like oh it was mine and my wife's wedding song and she only sings it on the day she meets you Marlon and Doug are kind of softening to the idea of Henry kind of having a relationship with her because it seems more clear to them at this point that he genuinely does care about her but what I did want to mention for this is that because this movie is so important to us when we did get married two years ago we had to pick a bunch of music for different points yes. in our ceremony and we picked this song wouldn't it be nice for the song that we would walk back down the aisle to after we had been officially wed yes how romantic and, and it was like the best moment ever yes it was definitely well one of the best moments of that day there were a lot of good moments that day yes it was a giant party for the rest of the day for sure for sure we all got turned even though scott and i both did not drink that day but everyone else drank plenty for us <laughs> thank you but yeah we we wanted to pick this song somewhere in the day because it just reminded us of 
this movie and of that dorky, cutesy moment where we first got together. Sandler does bring up the point to uh, Lucy's father. He goes, so what are you going to do when she wakes up one day and she's 20 years older? What are you going to do then? He goes, I think about that every single day. Yeah. That particular little sequence was really well performed, I think, for Marlon, for the dad. Because you can just see it on his face. He's like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm just taking this day by day. (laughs) If any parent was put in this situation, like... It's just awful to think about. Yeah. But anyway, so, so the next day, Henry goes back to the diner. Lucy is there. They're flirting and having a lovely time. But then... Lucy looks outside and sees that a cop is giving her a ticket because her tags are expired. And Lucy runs out there and Henry follows after her. And he's like, oh, officer, this, this must be a mistake. Like, da, da, da. And then she manages to grab a newspaper and see that the date is not the date she thinks it is. No, it is a year later. She rushes home. Henry follows her there as well. And you don't hear the dialogue, but you can see the father and Doug explaining the situation to Lucy and her just looking more and more devastated. And Drew Barrymore's performance in this moment is really great. Even though this condition that she has is completely fictional, like from what I could research, there's no other discernible cases of a, a... a condition like this you can just feel the reality of it hitting her and you can see it on her face and she runs out to the dock screaming and crying it's just really well performed but it's it's hard to watch because it's you just feel so bad for her yeah and uh she goes i want to go see the doctor and Santa's like i'll take her let's go and they go off to see the doctor where we get a nice another this one actually made me giggle they walk by uh the people at the security desk and the one guy recognizes her. He goes, Oh, hi Lucy. And she looks at them like, she, cause she's never met him before because of her memory. And he goes to the other security guard. What the hell's her problem? She doesn't remember who you are, bro. Oh yeah. I suck at this job. That was played by one of uh, Sandler's regulars. Like Adam Sandler movies have a lot of, character actors that are really just in adam sandler movies i've never seen them in anything else no uh and he he was one of them for sure i think he was an snl guy for a little bit too Oh, really and then we meet our doctor who is played by dan Aykroyd. yes that was a a nice i actually forgot he was in this oh totally (laughs) and i was like oh hi dan Aykroyd. but he is basically there to just tell her that her condition is most likely permanent. Sorry about that. But then we get to meet another character who is only there to be a yuck yuck joke. Ten Second Tom. Yes. Played by another Sandler. Uh, yeah, another Sandler regular. Basically, Aykroyd introduces Lucy and her family and Henry to Ten Second Tom saying like, Oh, you know, I, I get this situation of yours is very difficult, but you know... It could be worse. Look at this guy. And that's, to me, this. it seemed a little like, okay. Like, like I don't think a real doctor would do that. I don't think a real doctor would show a fucking other patient to people as like a party trick. No. <laughs> Basically like, oh, look, I'm going to tell him something. Oh, don't worry. You'll forget about it in 10 seconds. But <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, not even that. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah, you know? yeah. You wouldn't do that. A. B. At that point, your life is nothing. Yeah. I mean... But what can you do? Theoretically, if you had a memory that lasted 10 seconds, it's not like you can kill yourself. Like, you can't retain idea long enough to think to kill yourself. Well, and, I'm like, a doctor's not going to fucking kill you. So you got to, like, just go in a facility. And Well, like, I was even not even thinking, like, just that. Suddenly you're peeing, and then you're like, oh, what am I doing? And then you suddenly, like, look off, and you're like, and now pee's flying everywhere. Yeah, I've, I would imagine you have a lot of accidents if you have a 10-second memory because you don't know, like, where you are all the time. That's true. I love how your thought was... <laughs> I, thought, I love how your thought was like, oh, funny, pee spraying everywhere, and my thought was like, I would want to end my fucking suffering. Oh, this God. is supposed to be a lovey-dovey episode. <laughs> but anyway... So after this, Henry devises a new strategy for helping Lucy with her situation. 
and he literally goes home and presumably just like stays up all night creating a videotape for her they they showed a video cassette which kids if you don't know what a video cassette is <laughs> see a vhs player would play a movie for you on this big block and you would stick it in the tv and it would play the movie and then a girl would come out of it and tell you you have seven days to live <laughs> Anyway, he makes this videotape for Lucy, basically explaining her condition and making like little jokes to try and like make her feel better. And this is like a really strong point in the movie because it's it's like a clever thing. Yeah. And the implication that he stayed up all night to do this for her and put this thing together and then he came to her house and they showed her the tape and she's crying and laughing which i mean if anyone has been through really anything tragic or or difficult or terrible or any medical issues that are really traumatizing whatever laughter is in a lot of ways i maybe not the best medicine but it's really good medicine so I feel like the fact that he put humor in the video and she's crying and laughing, it's just, it's so real. Like, that's how a person would really feel and really want to react yeah. to something like that. Well, there's also the part where Ula, like, touches himself. Oh, yeah, Ula's in the video and he's wearing fake coconut bra and he, like, touches the titty. It's it's supposed to be funny because he's so wacky. It's like, okay, whatever. But... <laughs> There's also a point, too, where Henry is talking to his androgynous assistant, Alex, and I don't know, he's asking for advice about something about Lucy. And it's funny because I don't I didn't know you were if you were a man or a woman. (laughs) And then she's like, anything I say is funny because of my accent and the fact that I am androgynous. And it's like, okay, can we move on to the good stuff, please? (laughs) I also liked that when he presented this idea to the father, he's like, we'll give it a try. It's one day. Right, that's true. Like, she even asked after she watched the video, she's like, how many times have I seen this? And the dad was like, this is the first time. And his argument for it, I mean, it's really smart. His argument for it, Henry, is like, oh, I think the reason why she gets so devastated more than anything is that you guys have been lying to her for a year. Like, that's worse than the accident almost like i think if we try to explain it to her calmly she might be able to handle it better and like deal with it and she does have a better reaction to it like she cries obviously and is upset but after a while she's able to like come up to them calmly and talk to them and make jokes and she flirts a little more with henry and they have a good time together they go out together and meet up with some of lucy's old friends which is another scene that is like, okay, we're just shelling out characters and making fun of them because they're different. It's a scene that I feel like could have been a lot more impactful. Yeah, but we had to throw in a transgender joke for some fucking reason. I don't know. Because it's the early 2000s. And- yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's they, ha- they have one of Lucy's friends, and she's like, oh, I'm so glad you got that sex change operation, Jennifer. I mean, Jonathan. And it's a grown, buff-ass dude. And it's like, okay. Can we, like, uh, okay, I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it, again... We know now that that's, like, not a good joke. But in the early 2000s... There was ignorance to stuff like that. And that's... I mean, it's not fine, but it it is what it is, I guess. That's what they did. Yeah, but I don't think it's meant to be malicious. But at the same time, I mean, you see that even now with Adam Sandler movies. Still, he has that kind of crude humor where it's like you look different or you sound different so we're going to make fun of you and that's the joke constantly like you know if I'm not saying that in every situation like that in comedy it's bad but just constant it's like a little it it's it seems a little much when it's all the time and that's like the only joke you can make at that person's expense you know what I mean yeah but that's kind of a typical Adam Sandler thing I think with this movie 
the good outweighs the bad, but oh yeah, it doesn't mean that the bad doesn't exist. This is another one of those moments where you're like, okay, guys. But after that scene, we do have some alone time with Lucy and Henry, and you're able to get more into their chemistry and see them together, and it's really sweet. And they say that they love each other, and they have their first kiss, and we get a little montage of all of their quote-unquote first kisses, and it's really, it's cute. There's nothing like a first kiss. This montage goes over several weeks and they're hanging out together and going on dates and it's it's very sweet very cutesy we see them hanging out at the aquarium aquarium together uh lucy meets jocko and they have a cute little comedy routine (laughs) adam sandler's like trying to get jocko to say yes or no oh yeah lucy goes jocko do you think i should take henry in the other room and take advantage of him and henry like is behind her trying to get jocko to nod his head and he won't move his head and she's like i saw that (laughs) they have their sex scene and it's also very cute and funny and oh we get the forgetful lucy song which i love Adam Sandler is a musician as well. He's done many comedy routines with a guitar in tow. And in this movie, he is sitting with like a little ukulele and he sings a song called Forgetful Lucy. But I still love her so he's done so many of these even back to like wedding singer but like the most recent one like the uh farley oh yeah i love that one it's so heartbreaking though but yeah he does this very well like like we've been saying you know their chemistry is by far the best part of the movie they go back to lucy's house and they actually go to sleep in lucy's bed and before they fall asleep, he asks her to marry him, and she says yes. But then they wake up the next morning, and Lucy proceeds to scream her head off because some strange man is in her bed. And beats the living shit out of Adam Sandler. <laughs> well, I mean, it's their own fault. They, sh- they know better than that. They shouldn't have gone to sleep in the same bed like that. But um, the, the situation is, is dealt with. She watches the video and everything's fine. But while she's watching the video, Henry mentions to Marlon and Doug, he's like, oh, you know, I was going to go on this sailing adventure to research walruses, but now I'm not going to because of Lucy. You know, I think she needs me here and I think she's actually starting to maybe remember me a little bit. And Dan Aykroyd, who is there checking on Sandler after being beaten up, is like, no. <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to happen, girl. Sorry. Henry leaves and goes to the aquarium. And later on, Lucy comes to meet him. And she's like, I'm here to break up with you. Because you can't put your life on hold for me. There's there's no future for us. She says, don't you want a family? Like, don't you want marriage and kids someday? And Adam Sandler's like, yeah, sure. And she's like, but how would that work? I can't just wake up in the morning, have a big pregnant belly and no memory of how it happened. Wink, wink. (laughs) We update the video. Henry reluctantly agrees to this breakup. And Lucy says, I've been filling out this journal since I started watching this video just to have uh, a record of myself so I I can tell myself what's going on. So she tells him, I'm going to destroy the entries in this journal that have you in it. And I'm going to edit the video so you're out of it. And this is happening whether you like it or not. But if you'd like to help me and say goodbye, I'll be at my house. And she leaves. And Henry reluctantly goes over there and helps her destroy the journal. And there's this really sad scene where they're standing in like the garage over a trash can with all the journal entries just on fire in the trash can. And he's like, well, that's that. And it's pouring rain, of course, because this is a rom-com and we always have to have a scene with the couple in the rain. (laughs) They either have to be in the rain or someone has to be upside down. Yeah, or both. (laughs) But Henry is very upset and he goes to leave. And Lucy very dramatically goes, 
Henry, wait. Can I have one last first kiss? And he just sad. I love this scene. I'm sorry. I'm a big fucking mush, but I love this scene. It's so fucking sad. He just like sadly nods his head and she runs out to him in the rain and it's pouring rain and they're kissing and it's so sad because they're saying goodbye. But we have to have this in every rom-com where they have to break up. Yes, and then it's preceded by another rom-com staple, the I'm so sad and blue because we're broken up and I'm without you montage. <laughs> yeah, so Sandler goes on living his life, basically. It's just like everything's miserable, but he's going to set off for his Alaska trip. And right at, before he's about to set off, Marlon and uh, Sean Astin come to... To say goodbye. So long, farewell, Alvita saying adieu. He asks about Lucy, and she's moved out. She went to go live at the Institute. Oh, yeah, and she's teaching an art class. According to Marlon, she said that she didn't want to be a burden on her family anymore, which is sad, but, like, I feel like if I were in her position, I'd probably feel the same way. Because, like, it is... The way they were doing it, maybe not now because she's aware of what's going on, but at the time when they were, you know, replaying the same day over and over, that was kind of a burden, on them i mean it's not her fault obviously of course not but it is a burden on them so i would understand how she feels that way yeah i definitely understand but before henry leaves on his big expedition marlon gifts henry with a beach boy cd and we have one of the funniest moments in the movie where adam sandler opens the gift and he sees it's a beach boy cd and he's like how nice of that man to give me a CD that will remind me of all the wonderful times I've shared with his daughter. What an asshole! What an asshole! <laughs> and then it cuts, it straight cuts to Adam Sandler crying, like sobbing, singing one nippy nice on the boat. But Marlon also does say, as he wishes him off, that she's been singing a lot lately. And this, plus him cry singing the beach boys is like wait does she remember me and he immediately turns the boat around he thinks back to marlon saying oh she sings every day she meets you hmm and then was like wait she's singing a lot lately does that mean she remembers me and turns it around he rushes to the memory institute where we get another joke with the security guard who looks at him and goes uh what are you doing sir and he goes uh uh what's your name he goes uh uh Oh, he doesn't remember his name. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> Go ahead. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> he goes up there and he's screaming for Lucy. Lucy, Lucy. And he finds her and he's like, Lucy Whitmore, do you remember who I am? No. Oh, you know, That's- that sucks. <laughs> But she's looking at him very quizzically and she says, um, can you come with me for a second? And she takes him to the back to her art studio in the Institute. And it is filled top to bottom with beautiful paintings. I would assume fan art of Adam Sandler. (laughs) No, my favorite picture, because there's a joke running throughout the movie that Adam Sandler has an egghead. Which he does. I mean, no shade, but, you know. <laughs> but there's a picture of, like, his shoulders and an egg for a head. Yes, that was <laughs> that was funny. That was a nice little bump joke. But this is, like, the penultimate moment of the movie. And as the audience, you realize, like, oh, my God. Because it, it's kind of been a running thing throughout the movie. Like, does she have any cognizance of Henry? Like, is she completely incapable of remembering anything? Like, Or is he deep down in her subconscious? Right. Because it's interesting, too. Like, there are little hints throughout the movie, not just with the singing and all that stuff, but in the scene where she wakes up and Henry's in her bed and she screams, right before she starts screaming, the moment when she first wakes up, and he, he whispers to her good morning she like smiles like she doesn't I, I mean she's not fully awake yet but she doesn't freak out yet until she really like wakes up you know what I mean so it there's like little hints that like maybe deep down in her soul there's some kind of uh, remnant of deep down where in her soul in her soul <laughs> there's some kind of uh, remnant of her relationship with Henry which is fucking adorable and so sweet 
I keep saying it's sweet because it fucking is, okay? It Leave is. me alone. It, it, again, take out all some of the weird, like, humor choices that Sandler makes in all his movies. Take out all those. The core of this movie is a sweet movie. They do bring up at random points throughout the movie that he's the guy that every morning makes Lucy fall in love with him again. Yeah. And that is a sweet romantic gesture <laughs> that anybody should take into any relationship. Like, I try and make Frankie fall in love with me every day. Aww. And that's the thing. That's what you should do. Even if it's something little. Aww, there you go. We eventually got to the lovey-dovey stuff. But yeah, we, we get to the, the peak of lovey-doveyness here in this scene. Lucy looks at Henry and says... I don't know who you are, but I dream of you almost every night. Why? And he proceeds to tell her everything. He's like, well, you know that journal that you have? There used to be a lot of stuff about me in there. <laughs> that makes sense. And he's like, you broke up with me because you wanted me to have a full and happy life, but I can only have a full and happy life if I'm with you. And you're like, oh, the cheese. I'm drowning in the cheese. It's too much. Queso. Not the queso. <laughs> then they are about to have their beautiful reuniting kiss. And they're interrupted by 10 second Tom. So we can have another little yuck yuck moment. <laughs> hi, Tom. Come back in 10 seconds. We'll say hi again. And then Tom closes the door. <laughs> and then they kiss. And yay, happy ending. And then we get our epilogue. Yes, Lucy wakes up in a random bed with a tape that says, Good morning, Lucy. She puts it in, and it tells us all about her life. They were married, they had a kid, and uh, she should come upstairs, but bring a jacket because it's cold. And she goes upstairs, and they're on a boat, motherfucker. I'm on a boat! I'm on a boat! I'm on a boat! Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat! In Alaska... And Lucy greets her husband, Henry, and their little girl. And it's so fucking cute. I can't. And then the father's there fishing yes. off the side. I thought that was very interesting that they put the dad in there because the dad's a fisherman. So I guess that makes sense that he that he is there and like helping with the thing. But I thought that that was interesting. They put him in there because if you think about it, she's waking up to a husband that she's never met and a child she's never met and she wouldn't if the dad wasn't there she wouldn't know anybody so it'd be like maybe a little scary for her so i think it was interesting that they put the dad in there like on the boat with them yeah uh, well i think the father would know that and be like yeah we got like so like she has someone she knows and be like it's okay <laughs> also while adam sandler is studying walruses he can also take care of you know his grandchild Oh, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, so that was Fifty First Dates. I'm glad we watched this again because it was really nice. Yeah, it is, it's again, it's a very nice movie. There's there's definitely some things that could be cut out of it. But yeah, some more like iffy jokes, let's put it that way. But if you are able to overlook those and just kind of forgive it for its early 2000s ignorance you can definitely have a good time with this movie i think yeah and it's a good it's a good date movie definitely because even though the the premise is kind of wacky maybe not the most realistic they play it well to the point where you're not watching it thinking that it's some fucking wacky thing like you believe this premise and you buy into it because of the acting and the chemistry between them yes it's, it's nice and again there are good performances from other people like the diner owner has a great speech in the first video about her being friends with lucy's mother and she said she would always help take care of lucy yeah it's it's got a great mix of comedy and more dramatic schmaltzy stuff which is great for a date movie you know yeah but yeah, I, I definitely got nostalgic feels watching this. Yep. Personally, just because of our history with it. However, this movie is a 45% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, that's wrong. 
Like, I don't think it's like a 90% fucking movie or anything, but I don't think it's that bad that it deserves a 45%. No. I'm just going to say that. No, it doesn't. Again, we are biased here, but even still, it's yeah, it's not a 45. It's probably, I, I could say it's an 80. Easy. I would probably put it in the 70s. Like, if I was being objective, I would say probably in the 70s. I put, it's a, a three star in my head, but a five star in my heart. I have it as a... a if a four star in my head and a five star in my heart. But yeah, I think this was a great way to celebrate our anniversary. Yes. I'm very glad that we rewatched this. And I just wish that we could go back to two years ago and have our wedding day over again. <laughs> yeah, that was a great day. It was an amazing wedding. It was, it was a lot of fun. It really was. I wouldn't want to plan our wedding today again. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, especially around COVID time, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, we slid right in before. Oh yeah, thank God. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna get the hell out of here and really celebrate our anniversary now. <laughs> Hoo ha! Just the two of us. But um, <laughs> that's not a song about a couple. <laughs> that's a song about the father and son. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> you learn something new every day. Um. <laughs> <laughs> way to ruin the mood scott god damn it all right so we're gonna go really celebrate our anniversary now but next week i'm gonna be showing scott a movie that i very much enjoy with an actor that i very much love it's a bit of an oldie but it's definitely a goodie so stay tuned for that. But until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our kick-ass, lovey-dovey movie adventure. There's nothing like a first kiss. Knowledge. Just the two of us.